0: She's the author of Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today?
1: Well Lloyd, today our show is about love and hate. And we're going to be speaking with a psychoanalyst who's going to explain why we instantly may hate someone, but just don't know why. So we're going to talk about her and her books. But let me tell you a little bit about this wonderful lady coming to us from the East Coast in New York City. We are going to be speaking today with, um, right here, just with her, Elite Beltram. And she is actually from Switzerland and she is a psychoanalyst and an anthropologist and she's the author of The Memory of Vinegar and Oil and we know how sometimes vinegar and oil doesn't mix but we like to put it together and you are who you hate a scientific and psychological travelog she's a composer a linguist a radio host of Call the Shrink which is fun and she's lived with orangutans in Borneo, and she's taught artificial language to dolphins in Hawaii. I love dolphins. And she practices in New York City, so we're just thrilled to have her with us. Thank you so much for joining us, Elie Day.
0: Thank you, Mary. I'm very honored to be on your show.
1: All right. So, you know, this, I found you in the radio TV interview magazine, and it was just such fun to see what they said, you know, why do we instantly hate someone? So that, that's a good question, because when you're trying to resolve conflict and you have this hate for someone, that's surely going to get in the way. So, that's
0: right. <laughs> that's right. So uh, that hate that we have comes from something that humans do. It's called projection. We project onto others what we don't like in ourselves. But I'd like to start with the attraction first.
1: Doesn't that make sense, Mary? It
0: absolutely does. So, attractions can be positive or negatives. Attraction has a chemical and psychological component that attracts to people who share something in common, a common trait, a common habit, a common language, um, anything, common color skin. A common style. It's a good, good common style. Anything that have, they have in common. Not necessarily positive, sometimes it's negative, but we'll get into that. Right, right. So, this, um, and all this belongs into, into to our memory bank. All right? Yeah. So, love, in love attraction, I'm sure you want to hear about that, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Two people start meeting and everything is wonderful. They don't see what's underneath. They don't see this projection, and as everybody knows, all your listeners knows, after three, four, five months, the infatuation goes out the window, mm. and all this positive stuff gets rubbed right onto, you, on, onto your nose. So what happens? They're starting to see something that they are projecting onto them which is actually something that they were attracted to, but they weren't aware of it. So all these traits, these habits, this language, this color skin, whatever, that, that was so wonderful when they first met. All of a sudden they realized that, wow, I see that in her, in him. And actually, if they're brave enough to look at themselves, and we'll discuss that later, they'll understand that that's something that comes from within themselves.
1: And how, as an analyst, as a psychoanalyst and an anthropologist, how do you get people to do that? You know, I sit in mediation every day. I'm, I'm a conflict healer. I'm an attorney mediator. And I can see right there, you know, I, I have a master's in psychology as well. So I can see when I'm sitting there that the blame game is, is basically projecting a lot of what they're doing onto the other person. And
0: oh, that's great that you can see that. Well, you know, we have to start from, from ourselves. I'm sure we, are, we all do it. But me as being trained and analyzed as a psychoanalyst, I, don't, I can catch it right. quicker. But let's say, Mary, you're walking down the street, and you see a beautiful woman wearing red shoes, let's say. Okay. And your attention that comes from within you, from your memory bank, Points the gun and says, "Oh wow, look at those red shoes!" And it can be something. Doesn't she look great? It can she. It can be. Uh, isn't she ashamed of herself to wear red boots or red shoes? Right. It can be all sorts of interpre- interpretations and assumptions. Right. Okay. So, for somebody who's 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 done a lot of work on themselves, they can catch it and say, "Wait a minute." Why am I putting so much energy on that person? I barely know on those stupid red shoes. What's <laughs> the energy behind it? And you start asking yourself, take a deep breath, and you ask yourself, okay, is that something about me? Would I want to wear red shoes? Would I, why don't I wear red shoes? Is it that I'm ashamed? Is it that my mother would be very unhappy, or the church, or the, 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 the political group I belong to? So, you see, there, it's very loaded. Whenever you see something in others, if you turn it toward yourself and analyze it, become yes. your own psychoanalyst, and say, okay, let me look at it. Yes. Let me look at it. Yes. And this is really uh, something that I believe firmly that the world would be a better place. If we turn the gun toward ourselves and, and look at why we're so attracted on the outside, and it's because it's it's something we we are not seeing enough that we cannot accept. You see, we cannot accept it's something that we have in us that we cannot accept, and therefore we project it on other people. Right. Now, well, how we do that? In in um, well, I have a lot of exercises. For example. I also do mediation, and let's say I have two couples that are fighting, and uh, usually it's one that wants to be right, right? That's why we fight. I'm right, no, you're wrong, no, it happened at 535, no, it happened at 540, right? We we stray from what's really underneath. So what I do, I do a fabulous exercise. I put them face-to-face. One has to say one phrase, short phrase. And the other one still keeps, keeps steals, and repeats the same phrase as is, without interpretations, without corrections, without interrupting.
1: Without judgment. And when
0: it's, it's finished or she's finished, mm-hmm. she says her phrase. Let's say, you know, when we went to grandma, you didn't bring her flowers. So the other person say, well, I heard you say that when we went to grandma, I didn't bring her flowers. Right. On and on and on and on. And eventually, they're starting to relax because they feel heard, because nobody's interrupting them. Nobody's attacking them. Nobody's correcting them. Yes, exactly. They really feel that being heard, and I have that all over my book, being heard is really feeling loved.
1: Yes. Yeah. And- and, and, it, and being heard means that the other person really has to listen. So your exercise, which I also do as well, that exercise, you have to listen to be able to repeat back what they said, because if you're thinking about what you're going to say next, you're not going to be able exactly. to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really?
0: Exactly. And it's very difficult. But, you know, after 10, 15 minutes, usually the energy in the room shifts and They don't want to correct themselves, or they don't want to interrupt, or they don't want to say, but no, it was 545. They're starting to lower their shoulders and the jaws relax. Wow, we can talk this way. We can hear each other respectfully. Without your own interpretation, without the projection. So that's one very, very, very important uh, technique I use.
1: And that's something that all of our listeners who are here, whether they're students on the campus or they're business people driving by, they can use it with their loved ones. They can use it with their employees, their staff, whatever it is, their bosses. Just repeating oh. back, and then that person feels legitimized, and that person will feels heard, and then that person will usually reciprocate. Wouldn't you think so, Anita? Absolutely. Exactly.
0: Because you relax, it's not about who is right, who is wrong. It's about, huh, that's how she really feels. I didn't know that. Wow, that's new to me. So that's for two people. But also, you know, I have a fun one that um, uh, when I do family therapy where every Friday night they get together and they either find noisemakers or they can use clapping or their voice or they can strike a beat or stamp their foot where they start improvising. And when you improvise, you learn to listen, and you learn to make room for somebody else. Or you can check yourself, wow, why did I take over? Why did I want to be the loud one? Why did I want to, you know, be the, the boss, the, the, the bully one? And then you pull back, and you let somebody else do it. And that's That's how they learn to hear each other. You know, especially it's hard for a father to let go. Well, I'm the leader. I'm the one who's going to give the beat, right? Right. And mom would follow me or whatever. Or mom would be the beat and mom would, would be the boss. But they learn to be equal. Yes. And that's so wonderful. And also they learn how to respect each other and to listen to each other. And basically they're also setting Clean boundaries. This is who I am. This is how I play. Now you can hear me and you can join me. You can join me, but don't overpower me. You see?
1: Yes. And another thing that that's so great to do, the improvisation, is that it really enables creativity.
0: Yes, absolutely. And if you're going
1: to problem solve, you've got to be creative because you know the the actual solution is in the midst of the problem, but people are so focused on the problem that they don't get creative. So your idea of having this improvisation does all the things that you're talking about, and it gets them to be creative and, and yes and even expand their relationship.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But also, not only it's the creative act; it's they're force to be in the moment.
1: Yes, and that's you know, not always in easy. In the moment,
0: we <laughs> are full of gifts. Yes, we are full of gifts. That's where we blossom. And by doing this interpretation, this improvisation, or doing the exercises face to face for couples, we are in the moment.
1: Yes, and so many of us are thinking about the past. What did yes. I do wrong? Or, oh, my gosh, could have, would have, should have. Or yes. they're thinking about the future fearfully. And, yes. and, but it is sometimes really hard because as soon as I say I'm in the moment, the moment's gone.
0: The moment is gone. <laughs> and you start, and that's where anxiety sets in. And then depression. And then, oh, my God, how am I going to do that? In the meantime, you don't know where you are.
1: Exactly. I wanted to get back to, to one thing, though, that I wanted to clarify for our audience, and, and I know that you know the difference. But, you know, when we we're talking about that first initial thought, like you like yes. someone or you don't like someone, right? some of that has to do with intuition, too, doesn't it? Um, well, intuition, because you're in, touch
0: with, um, you're in touch with a feeling that is coming up or a thought. Yes, that is coming up. Yes, that's a very good question, actually. Well, the thought is, look at her with the red shoes. But if she stops and thinks, a feeling comes up. Yes. As I said before, could it be that I would feel shame? So yes, it is intuition if you are aware of it.
1: Yes, and but I'm thinking like this, you know,
0: action.
1: I, I, yeah, I guess I was thinking like this. I uh, I had hired somebody one time. And, Mm -hmm. um, on paper, that person looked really great. And I, I didn't listen to my intuition. My intuition was there was something really uncomfortable in my gut that I didn't Mm -hmm. feel good about, but because, you know, here I am the lawyer, right. And I'm thinking, Oh, the, the recommendations are good. This, all the, the, uh, degrees are good, all these different things. But my gut was saying, this isn't good. And I didn't listen to my gut and I was so sorry So there's a difference between biases and and perceptions that aren't based that are based on, you know, kind of like your ego versus like that inner knowing that says you better listen because, you know, someone might have maybe she's got the red shoes on and you love red shoes. But there's something about her, and she'll take a knife to you. You know what I mean? That's, yes. that's a little different that I wanted to, to clarify with our audience. That, that, you know, sometimes you get a feeling, and the feeling is right.
0: Yes, but uh, it can also be wrong.
1: Yeah. But you know, if so it, somebody if who
0: goes around projecting right. on other people, what it signifies that he doesn't know, she doesn't know who she is. And therefore, the intuition may be wrong.
1: And that's the hard part, I think, is deciphering whether it's coming from my ego or if it's coming from my higher self.
0: Exactly. Well, I tell you, Mary, every time we judge, it comes from the ego.
1: Yeah. You but,
0: know, so right away, okay, why am I pointing the gun at her? This comes from my ego, and that's not intuition. What am I doing?
1: Right. The, the intuition is like a deeper feeling, like, uh-oh, yes. it's like, you know, somebody whispering in your ear, this person is dangerous. You know? It's There's a yes. book by uh, Gavin DeBacker, DeBacker, an old book that was called The Gift of Fear, and, and he talks about that, like, when you get into an elevator and you get a creepy feeling in your gut. Mm-hmm um get out of the elevator. <laughs> so so you know I mean what but... I did in that one situation where I hired this person I did not listen to my gut. I was trying to be non-judgmental. I was trying so mm. hard to do what you're talking about that I really didn't listen to the inside. So I think that's something at least for me it was a very powerful lesson is to decipher the I... difference between my ego judgment and my inner knowing. And so right. that, that's a hard one.
0: So what's. Yes, you know, okay. it's a balance between, uh, you know, you get to intuition when you integrate it. And, and this is a good exercise to stop this projection. A few words. You attra- this attraction comes when two people, two halves, let's call them two halves, all right, are trying to uh, integrate their halves so that they can become whole. Uh, but they can only do that by looking at their own projection, and then once they g- gain their own growth, they become more balanced. The personality, they like the personality, they have better relationships. It's all about integration, a balance between okay, my intuition is, ro- is off. I need to do something about it.
1: Yes, yeah, and I think you're right when you're whenever you're judgmental. Yes. From your head instead of you yes. from your heart, then then it's a danger and it's an ego thing. Yeah. So we're speaking with Elide Beltram, who is a Ph.D. in psychology and psychoanalysis. And she's been in private practice for over 30 years. And she's a composer and a commentator on an Internet radio show. And and she also is the author of You Are Who You Hate and The Memory of Vinegar and Oil, Origins United. You know, I wanted to ask you something. I I got a kick out of it when I was reading your bio that you had taught artificial language to dolphins, and I absolutely love dolphins. I have swam with them. Actually, my logo, if you saw on my regular website, has the dolphin leading the two sailboats to the safe Mm -hmm. harbor of a court. It looks like it's the uh, balancing scales, but it's a dolphin leading the the, the uh, sailboat so they don't hit each other. So w- tell me a little bit about that. That was fascinating me about that.
0: Well, we were we were studying, uh, we were doing uh, some research on, uh, on uh, how much can they learn from us. And uh, their willingness to learn is unbelievable. Uh, basically, we had to, through gestures and sounds and objects, we had to um train them to identify shapes, sounds, and uh, and uh, objects uh, through gestures. And, of course, they were always rewarded with the fish. Right. Um, but he, what I want to point out, the connection is unbelievable. Just like when I was with the orangutans, you know, mm. you look inside animals' eyes. Yes. And you know you're connecting to a higher higher place. Yes, because you go, you get sucked in. It's so such a wonderful thing, and especially dolphins. I remember swimming with them, and I was in a bad place in my in my life at that time, and that dolphin kept being near me, and with his penetrating and loving eyes, connecting with me, and I really had to stop and think. Okay, what is the message here? Yeah. So not only they're incredible being, but they're very quick to learn, and and it's a pleasure.
1: Oh, they are and so with smart. And the
0: orangutans, I had to retrain. You see, what happened over there tw- 20 years ago is that uh, infants were abducted from their mothers, so they can either sell them to the circuses. Right as pets. Now, thank God that is stopped, hopefully. So I was on Camp Leakey to not only to study them for my doctorate, but also to um, to retrain them, because I'd forgotten how to eat food, how to climb a tree, how to play. How to connect. How to connect. they would forgotten their social skills. Yes. We were getting them ready to how to cope, and then eventually, after three, four years of this retraining, they were able to. We were able to let them go to the jungle. But you know, uh, Mary, playing. We had to teach them how to play because you know mm-hmm. what happens when we play. We learn about respect. We learn about how our our boundaries, our potentials. How much can I push that person? How much can that person push me? Playing is unbelievable. And I, I don't think we play enough with our children.
1: No, I know.
0: We really don't.
1: Because they're on the TV or they're texting yes. or they're doing all these things, you know. Yeah. That's why I said when I've when I've been able to take my kids away, you know, now my kids are big, but... You know, mm-hmm. when I could take them away where they didn't have something that could distract them, if we're, you know, in Hawaii or doing something on a vacation or on a cruise or something, then you have to connect. And yeah. I think one of the really sad things that's happening now is people are connecting artificially through Facebook yeah. and all the social networking and my daughter right. would rather text me than pick up the phone, you know. That's right. That's right. And then how do you really connect when you're doing that? So that that kinda of scares me is, is what's going on with the young people is they really don't feel comfortable picking up the phone or meeting in person. They rather even when they're sitting in the same room, they might be texting each other instead of talking. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> It's but
0: crazy. It you is. really have to be firm with your love that you have for them and say, no, we don't do this.
1: Right. Right.
0: And parents uh, feel very guilty about feeling firm. Yes. Because they think they, uh, they're they not going to be loved.
1: Right. Yeah. So let me ask you something. When When we fight with someone and then make up. What is the purpose of that at, at an unconscious level? You know, when I, I think about couples that they, they fight and then they make up and okay. then they fight and make up. What's that, what's that all about?
0: Okay. That's my favorite question. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's take vinegar and oil, right? Yep. They mix and they don't mix, right? Yes. Now, when they're not mixed, the two entities are dead. One sits on one side and the other on the other side. Right.
1: Right. In
0: order to mix it and create energy, we have to shake it, all right? Uh The same principle happens with a couple. They're already attracted by this stuff, all this projection, all this energy, right? And then um, this pushing and pulling is part of this energy that they need in order to be alive, but also to go forward toward this integration that I was talking about. And, and the, the, the incredible finding that I have, I even created a, a paradigm, is that why, why do they mix? They mix because they, there's an atom that holds one cell that contains common traits. One cell that, that contains common traits that the vinegar has and the oil has. Do you get it? Yeah, yeah. So, the same principle as the two people fighting. They share the same traits. Either grandma did this, or my brother did that. Oh, I, I remember that. That's why I like you, I don't like you. That was the attraction. And same so, so with there the being, vinegar and oil. There's one cell that keeps them together when
1: they're shaken up. And they're trying When we learning. don't shake
0: anymore, the two of them go separate ways. But there too, there is a common trait on a, on a molecular level that keeps them together.
1: And what they're doing, really, and you, you're better at this than me, but I see it in my mediations, is that they're really mirrors for each other, right? And yeah, so that's, that's how they grow. It it's like you know when you're when you're in somebody's face and you see you often, like you talked about the projection. You're yes. like seeing, you're a mirror for each other to grow, because you're, exactly. if, if you were exactly like, maybe yes. you wouldn't grow.
0: Exactly. I once came across an old ancient uh, song from from South Italy that was saying, you are the mirror I don't want to see.
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
0: it's like a song 150 years old. You are the mirror I don't want to see. Hmm. That's incredible. Yes. Yes. So we see in others, we, we can only grow when we are in contact with somebody else because that has the potential of seeing ourselves and not necessarily a good part of us, a bad part of us that we don't know.
1: Exactly. exactly. We
0: don't know we have so that we can make it good. You know, we don't have good and bad. We have a part that is dark because we haven't put any light on it. Just like when you go to the cellar, it's dark and scary. There's no light, right? The the unknown. You put, you flood it with light, and you see everything. The fear is gone. You see everything. The same with us. Once we we put light on our dark side, we see everything. We
1: are happy. Life is a better place. It's less scary, isn't it?
0: It's less scary, and you know what it's called. And being enlightened. You know, 30 years ago, they came out with a big word, I'm being enlightened. Right. It's nothing but that, putting light on the dark side that you just project out on other people.
1: Exactly. Well, believe yeah. it or not, we, we are just about at the end. So if right. you could give your website for your radio show and your website for your books, and then we're going to have to go.
0: Great, Mary. Okay. So my, um, my website is co- uh, www.cultishrink.com. Uh, there you'll see my teleseminars that I give They're starting soon. Uh, my training for psychologists and psychotherapists. I have, you can buy my two books there. You can even buy some music that I wrote. Um, you can listen to my radio show every week called on double, on uh, blood talk radio slash, uh, called the shrink
1: 10. And that's about it, Mary. Oh, well, that's terrific. What well, was really fun to get to know you, and thank you for sharing. and And we wish you the very best, and we hope that we'll hear from you again. Thank
0: you, Mary. Thank you. Okay, that's have amazing. a great, great so, morning.
1: Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to KUCI eighty eight point nine FM in Irvine and KUCI on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning every Monday morning at 8.30 right here on KUCI. And visit our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see our upcoming guests. You can download podcasts. You can go to their URL, see a little bit about them. You can write us emails about what's important to you and finding peace in your life, forgiveness, and resolving conflicts. And thank you so much. See you next week.